Hello, this is Roy Lelly. Well, look, I'll start with the basics. 2 plus 2 equals 4. Now we've mastered that, let's try 4 minus 2. Well, that equals 2. Good. You see, arithmetic, the queen of mathematics. Maths being the poetry of logical ideas. If people don't believe that maths is simple, it's because they don't realise how complicated life is. I'm doing the basics because the political refugees about to be trafficked into Downing Street can't do sums, apart from Rishi, who has a calculator. The rest are going to cut taxes and make our lives better. I expect they can carry water in a sieve and leap tall buildings in a single stride. Back to the maths. 11 minus 4.5. Well, the answer is 6.5. 11 is the anticipated rate of inflation. Everything that once cost £100 will by October cost £111. Yes, I know this is very basic, but we're not dealing with very bright people. 4.5 is the expected percentage increase public sector workers will be awarded this year. Now, here's the complicated bit. If inflation is 11, the pay increase is 4.5, there is a 6.5% gap. In other words, public sector workers will have a real terms 6.5 cut in their wages. Why would you go to work for a pay cut? Nurses will be better off and treated better, I suspect, working on a cruise ship or in industry or Marks and Sparks. That might be why applications to become a nurse have slumped by 8% and there are 160,000 vacancies in the care sector. Over the last year, private sector pay growth has outstripped the public sector. Total pay across the economy was 6.8% higher compared to 2021. However, public sector pay increased only by 1.5%. So the answer is simple, put up wages. Uh, no, that's Bill and Ben economics. Higher wages, chasing inflation, increase inflation. Uh, no, that's Jack and Jill economics. What we want is some Angrist and Imden's economics, and it's much more interesting. And I link to it in the e-letter. The cause of our price instability, the end of the COVID restrictions, the Ukraine war and global supply chain issues, none of which are connected to pay levels and will not be solved by restraining pay levels. The UK, US and many European countries are already showing a decline in economic growth. Allowing wages to fall in real terms is only likely to make things worse. Put simply, if the war goes on, grain goes up, bread goes up. If wages don't go up, we buy less bread and the bakery closes. A squeeze on household incomes means people buy less, could push more people into poverty and could cause a recession. Indeed, the latest Bank of England monetary policy report suggests by the middle of 2025, there are risks of deflation. If there's one thing more beautiful than mathematics, it's economics. And as J.K. Galbraith said, in economics, the, the majority is always wrong. I love that. In economics, the majority is always wrong. And almost certainly two out of three of the Tory wannabes have got their economics wrong. And let's not forget, we will cut taxes and the NHS must increase productivity to fund part of the pay rise. Because when the NHSE budget was set, a 3% uplift was anticipated. That means the NHS has to fund, find the 1.5 difference, and that's about 1.7 billion. Since 2010, productivity growth in the NHS has been higher than the whole economy, growing at an average annual rate of 1.5% compared to a miserable 0.4% in the whole economy. 
how many services would the new Prime Minister like to cut so the NHS can pay the wages? Well, they'll cut costs by cutting managers. The NHS has 51,000 managers out of a workforce of 1.17 million. This includes doctors and nurses who do full-time management roles. That's about 4% of the workforce. It compares to 10% in the UK economy, economy as a whole. So what's the upshot? A bit of inflation might be a good thing. The NHS is more productive than the rest of the economy and probably is undermanaged. Now, all of that will be counterintuitive for most of the candidates and won't fit their tax-cutting narrative. If all that's needed to be the next Prime Minister is confidence, opinion and ignorance, we probably have the right people. But in the end, it will be 175,000 people will choose who the next PM is. They are 71% male, over 55 years, 4 in 10 over 65, 6% aged 18 to 24, 8 of the 10 in the three highest economic and social groups by wealth and education, 54% live in London and the South East. Only 14% think government should redistribute income. 77% think young people do not have enough respect for British values. More than half support reintroducing the death penalty and up to 42% want censorship of films and magazines. Yes, they are the Conservative Party card carrying holders who will be choosing who will run the country. Run. Yes, run as far as you can. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.